Greetings, friends. Welcome back to the broadcast. Today, we are actually going to rebroadcast a interview I did uh, with Rudz Distar about, uh, I want to say, six years ago. Uh, 2015, probably. Uh, Russ Dizdar, uh, he recently passed away, and uh, he was a warrior for uh, the kingdom of God and against the kingdom of darkness. And he had an awesome ministry which helped people who had been victims of satanic ritual abuse. Um, he helped people that were struggling with demonic oppression. Um, things of that nature. Uh, a lot of that stuff that modern-day, westernized American Christians uh, seem to uh, either have forgotten or just are willfully ignorant of uh, the fact that these things even exist. And uh, we had a great conversation many, many years ago uh, on my podcast um, talking about all of these things, uh, talking about, I, I spoke to him about, uh, uh, sleep, uh, sleep paralysis, um, an issue that is so prevalent that people just have no idea what that really is. And so we go into a detailed conversation about that. So lots of things. So if you've never heard this uh, interview, I think that uh, you're going to find it extremely interesting. Uh, but I will warn you, it's not for the faint of heart. Um, it's not for those who uh, are uh, unwilling to believe and accept the fact that there is a spiritual realm. And it's like Paul said, we're actually at war with that as opposed to uh, our fellow human being. So, anyway, I'll let the interview speak for itself. I hope that uh, I hope that it speaks to you uh, this morning. For those of you who haven't heard it, and if you did hear it six years ago, hey, a refresher uh, will be good for you. So, enjoy. Warning. This podcast may prove to be damaging to the comfort of closely held presuppositions. Remember to practice Acts 17.11 and examine the scriptures daily to see whether these things are so. Jesus said, For judgment I am come into this world, that they which see not might see, and that they which see might be made blind. And some of the Pharisees which were with him heard these words, and said unto him, Are we blind also? Jesus said unto them, If ye were blind, ye should have no sin. But now ye say, We see, therefore your sin remains. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God, that ye may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, 
against spiritual wickedness in high places. Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary the devil as a roaring lion walketh about seeking whom he may devour. Whom resist steadfast in the faith, knowing that the same afflictions are accomplished in your brethren that are in the world. But the God of all grace, who hath called us unto his eternal glory by Christ Jesus, after that ye have suffered a while, make you perfect, establish, strengthen, settle you. Satan sends a demonic horde and says, go down and convince these people they should receive a mark. I can see this devil coming back to his captain saying, well, I went down there and I, I tried to place a mark on this person, but there was no place to put it because there's already a covering there. And it takes up the whole space. There's not even a corner, there's not even a little place I could put a mark. The covering takes up the whole space. And Satan says, well, why didn't you write over the top of it? He said, well, I tried, but whatever it's made of, when I tried to write, your pen wouldn't write there. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Joel says that even though these things may come on the earth, the Lord will be the hope of his people. The Lord will keep his people. You don't need to worry about these things. You're going to hear a lot about it. You turn on the television, everybody's going to be talking about these things in our generation. But God sent me to help tell you this morning that you don't have to worry about any of these things. You're already marked. The space is taken. Hallelujah. Nothing else can be put there. You're already marked. Hallelujah. And what God has cleansed, nobody, nobody can touch. Nobody can declare it unclean. Nobody, nobody can touch the children of the living God. Nobody. Welcome to the broadcast, my friends. I'm Sean, and the website is www.truthfed.com. Today we are going to be talking about a topic that we've talked about many times before. Uh, but tonight, in much greater detail and with much greater understanding and authority. And uh, while this conversation can be troubling and even scary, remember that you are not given a spirit of fear. And even though darkness has taken over the land and it's pouring into the world, remember that our Savior, our King, Yeshua, Hamashiach, Jesus Christ, has overcome the world. My guest tonight, Russ Dizdar, is joining us today to talk about this subject of spiritual darkness, spiritual warfare. He is the author of a book, the Black Awakening. He's a conference speaker, radio host of Raged Edge Radio, the founder of Shatter the Darkness, which works with victims of satanic ritual abuse. His website is www.shatterthedarkness.net. Russ, welcome to TruthFed. Sean, glad to be with you tonight, and thank you for having us on, and uh, we appreciate your program. 
Yes, yes. Now, Russ, if if you don't mind, um, maybe just do a little bit, like a just a short little introduction of, of what it is that you do, what your ministry is, and then I'd love for you to just kind of take it away and just kind of inform us about this spiritual darkness, the reality of it, and uh, just what's going on in the world today. Sure, thank you. Yeah, my name, well, my name, Russ Dizdar. We are, uh, we've been in ministry on the field probably about 39 years full-time. Now, that's a lot of years, and yet I still feel pretty good and pretty healthy to keep going. But this all goes back. I was not raised in a church, didn't know anything about... I mean, I believe God was out there, but I didn't know Him. And uh, so I got into a lot of other issues. And, you know, I dabbled in the occult, dabbled in every kind of spirituality, the end of the 60s, early 70s, became a Buddhist in a temple. I was going to this uh, through this program called Golden Buddha. And uh, it was in the combination of that uh, being drawn deeper and deeper into the entities, the masters out there and all this, and then also um, experimentation with certain kind of drugs, that all these crazy experiments you know, uh, and experiences begin to occur. Now, right in the middle of all of that, someone, someone just came to one of the big parties we were holding, unleashed the gospel like I've never heard. It wasn't that I was opposed to God. I just didn't know. I, I mean, I believe God was out there. I didn't know how to get to God. And so when he, when this guy came to my house, to our party, and unleashed Jesus, well, he literally shut the party down with 60, 70, I don't know how many people were all there. And uh, just, I mean, he just unleashed the gospel on me, told me that Jesus loved me, told me that I needed God in my life. I needed the power of Jesus Christ in my life. And I literally, after listening to him, I was so undone, I left my, uh, I left where I was living, went back to my mom and dad's home miles and miles away just to get away from the guy and think, that, you know, to get away from what he's trying to tell me. But that's the night that for hours I wrestled with this issue. And that's the night, Sean, that I accepted Christ in my life. And when Jesus came into my life, the power of the Spirit of God came into my life. Of course, everything was done. Darkness fled, and, and uh, that began a new walk. And I had to go to Kmart to buy a Bible because I didn't know where to go. I had no idea where to go to church, no idea you know, where to start. Uh, I, I just I, I wanted to consume the Bible then, and I never really read it before. So from there, I began as a believer. People took me to churches. I got baptized. I got in with people in the body of Christ. I, uh, I, I really felt led by God. All the occult literature, all the stuff that I had, all the posters and drugs, everything, I burned it all. And uh, I just started off, I, you know, people uh, told me about Bible school, so I went off to Bible school. Then I went to Bible college, and I went to another college, and another Bible college, and and then launched into ministry, and all I cared about was telling everybody else how to get saved and come to Christ. Because I realized in the spiritual deception that I was in, how um, lethal it really was. It wasn't that I was into direct Satanism, though I believe Satan was a you know, real being, and, and though I believe demons were real, I thought, you know, hey, we can conjure them, uh, we can get them to do what we want, uh, we can you know, mess around with them, that kind of stuff. But it almost took my life, and that was one week before I actually got saved. That is Christ coming into my life. Now we began doing ministry uh, evangelism. You know, lead. You know, and didn't my mom, my dad, my brother, my sister, people on the streets, back to the bars to witness, telling my friends. We didn't care who we told. We just wanted everybody to know Jesus and His presence and power, and that God loves them, and that they can come to God. So in that process, of course, we met individuals that were far deeper than I was into the deception stuff and possessed 
And so, you know, in the mid, like 77, 78, we began to get into deliverances. I mean, engaging demons in people and having to, you know, pray. And we didn't really know. I mean, I wasn't trained as a new believer. Uh, I just didn't even know what to do other than just pray. And and, uh, then we began to read a little bit on the subject. I was working in a large youth ministry in the entire city. And we began to notice the rise of Satanism among all the schools. More dark stuff was coming in. So somewhere like around 1979, 78, 79, uh, I began you know, just this whole venture of, you know what, I've got to study everything about this dark side to see what they're doing, to see what it's all about, to see what the Bible says about it, to really understand what's going on here. And as I did that, all of a sudden more victims came to us, And in 1980, I think it was, one of the first satanic ritually abused multiples. We didn't know what they were at first when they came to us. And that's when we began to learn spiritual warfare principles, the authority, the armor of God. And from that uh, launching literally in 1980, uh, we uh, started the thing here called Shatter the Darkness. All it was was to be a ministry of evangelism to reach anybody that was into the dark, you know, really deeply into the dark side. And that included New Agers and anybody else. So, you know, we began to engage Wiccans and Druids and, and pagans and, you know, people from every kind of background and New Agers and channelers. But we, we really targeted Satanists, kids anyway. And as we engaged them, they told us about the adults, the books, the ritual sites. And then as we engaged one of our first SRAs, Satanic Ritually Abused Victims, well then, uh, I I guess it was after a number of months of dealing with a lot of people being sent to us, because nobody, Sean, knew where to send people. Uh, Ultimately, law enforcement and teachers and pastors and and even psychologists would bring us people that had uh, voices in their head that that showed up to be demons when we when we understood how to um, command with the authority of Christ the demonic and to engage it. And so we began this thing where there's all of a sudden dozens begin to be you know brought to us. And I remember sitting outside the building one night after probably doing a number of deliverances. People were, had all gone away. It's probably three o'clock in the morning. And I was, and as, as a young pastor too, I was kind of bothered that the larger body of Christ wasn't doing any of this. They were all sending them over. But I just said, I remember a prayer. I just said, Lord, send them all. You know, uh, we'll never charge them. We'll never ask for a penny. Just send them all. They need delivered. I saw deliverance ministry as a compassionate thing, like Mark's Gospel, chapter 5. Compassionate thing. That man needed to be set free, and Jesus had the authority and the compassion to do so. And look how his life was completely turned around. So that's what we cared about. Uh, And and when I kind of prayed that way and said, Lord, I'll I'll study anything, we met officers that took us to police academies and occult satanic crime trainings and and it, it just it, it immersed us into the to us you know going after the you know, underground and then since that time to this hundreds of uh, satanic ritually abused victims and uh, you know we got to see thousands of people overall come to Christ over these years but we're still saying that the underground the satanic ritual abuse world it's not just that it's much bigger than that we'll probably talk about it tonight it's multinational multi-continental uh, there are now some will estimate only 10 million our view is that there's uh, 40 million worldwide in four generations of them and it's growing and uh, the churches have been affected by them in adverse ways 
and there's a darker supernatural presence in, on the ground than there was 30 years ago. And that's what the Bible prophesies and tells us, that, that more of it's coming. And so our ministry is directly to victims, but it's also directly to unleash uh, exposure. And uh, ultimately, the only thing I care about is that people come to Christ, know the God that gives them life, and uh, be set free, and then join the ranks of, of uh, you know, the good soldier of Jesus Christ, to join the ranks of disciples uh, that need, need to be out on the field doing what Jesus did, because um, there's literally, you know, worldwide, just tens of millions, hundreds of millions that are really now caught by the dark side, not just lost, but I mean directly engaged and caught by the dark side, and more deception is coming. And so uh, part of what we do also is to really try to inspire and call the body of Christ to this powerful picture we see in the book of Acts. Take up the cross, you know, deny self, follow Christ, be filled and clothed with the power of the Spirit of God. Do evangelism, but include prayers for healing. And when it comes to any kind of thing demonic, use that authority to deal with it. And, um, and, uh, and, and be, you know, I just feel we need to be extremely active in these days that we're living in. So that's a kind of a, a 38, 39 year overview of uh, kind of who we are and what we're doing. Wow. I mean, that's a, your testimony is, is really cool. I mean, not many people can say, you know, I was at a party and some guy came in and just hammered me with the gospel. <laughs> I want to shake hands with that guy that Isn't- changed your life. Sure. His name is his name is Steve. I remember him uh, very well. He was one of the guys that lived in the other apartment. He was the guy that we bought drugs from. He he would uh, and and Sean, this is a, this is how the story goes. He was the guy making drugs soapers. We're called soapers, and we would drink and eat, have the soapers, and we would have between the two apartments where I lived. It was my apartment um, with with three other guys. We would just have nonstop weekend Thursday night, Friday night, Saturdays at parties. And there would be people inside, outside, every floor. And uh, all of a sudden, this guy Steve starts coming around. And we, I heard news. Hey, Steve's uh, whacked out. He became a Jesus freak. And watch out for him. And he's the guy that came into the party. And all, here's the here's story. He was down making drugs, listening to rock and roll, laying on a, on a couch. And the radio tuner was going in and out. And it kind of switched over. And he began to listen to this growly, gruff, kind of a, a gravelly-sounding voice of a preacher. That's all he could tell me. It was this, this old preacher. And he heard the gospel unleashed to him in such a way that that night he turned to Jesus Christ and got saved. He was utterly, utterly changed. I mean, when I first saw him, I mean, I knew who he was. That's the guy we partied with. That's the guy we did drugs with. But all of a sudden, when he walked into my heart, because someone yelled, Steve is here. And all of a sudden, he comes through the front door of the apartment, and it's packed, and there's marijuana smoke everywhere. The music is so loud, it's vibrating the walls. I look at him, and I could see, Sean, I could see, I mean, I understood spirits and spirituality and all that, and even darkness. I could see a brightness, a radiance, a life. I knew that God was all over him and in him, and I ran from him. Hmm. And, and here's, here's what occurred. Just about a week or two prior to this, this big drug taker, drug maker, drug seller was listening to the music, and it switched over to Oliver B. Green, an old, old Southern soul-winning preacher who's already been dead, but they were replaying his um, audios. 
And in the replay of these audios, he's preaching the gospel of Jesus, which has power in it. It didn't make any difference that the preacher's dead and went on to be with Jesus. The gospel was being unleashed, and Steve got saved, and then Steve went after everybody. I mean everybody. He, he didn't care. He had such spiritual guts. And then when we got saved, that's, that's pretty much what we did. We, we just like, okay, everybody, we want to get everybody saved. Not everybody did, but quite a few of the fr- you know, half our friends got saved, half of them didn't. Some of them got saved later on in life. And uh, I would still be willing to go after any of them, of course. But uh, that's, that's a little bit more of the picture when it comes to this guy, Steve. <laughs> well, I, I commend Steve. I want to shake his hand. Um, okay, back to the, the spiritual darkness stuff. Can you? There's so many things I'd like for you to cover, and it's, it's really hard for me to choose what I want to ask you. Like, could you start with... Here's the thing is I don't think people, a majority of people, especially here in the Western world, really understand how real and serious this is and how, you know, when this idea of demons possessing people and they don't understand that demons are real entities. They're not just like this... You understand what I'm saying? They think it's all just like a spiritual thing. No, these are real beings possessing people. Could you give us some examples of some of the things you've seen, some of the things that are taking place in the here and now? Because if people don't understand the reality of it, they can't defend themselves from it. You know what I mean? Good words. Good words. Because that's exactly true. And I would say, first of all, anything you read in Scripture about Satan, his origins, his nature, demons, their nature, their methods, their agenda, everything you see in the Gospels, everything we see in the book of Acts, which is a 30-year history of the early church, I mean, that's exactly how it is. Um, The biblical revelation, and without that biblical revelation, we wouldn't know. Because Satan can masquerade, there's a Greek word, masquerade, it's metiskizmazotai. It means he has the power to morph his presentation or his, uh, or his look without changing his nature. So there's this enormous power that they have to even present themselves like an angel of light. Uh, the, New Age, the New Age, which is the largest spiritual counterfeit to the, to the church in a 2,000-year history. I mean, in, there's got to be a billion people now connected to the New Age, which is the spirit of Antichrist. It is a masquerade, um, and uh, it, it presents itself like something good, an angel of light, light, light beings, and so forth. But it's, it's the mask. So whatever we read in Scripture about, and that's why we need to look at the Scriptures. I mean, I, I've read thousands, literally thousands of other volumes. I sit in an office in a research center where there's eight or nine, I don't even know, 10,000 volumes. And I read and I read and I keep reading, keep studying. That's part of what we've done all these years. But the scriptures gives the definitive, um, absolute, uh, what we need to know, what God has unveiled. So when I hear somebody say to me, well, you know, don't talk about the devil because that glorifies him. You know, we don't want to glorify the devil. Well, that's a lie. There's nothing in script. The Bible unveils who Satan is. Jesus talked about the devil. The Bible talks about the devil and demons and what they do. So they're real. They're real entities. And I could say this in the late 70s when, we, when a demon actually spoke through a person looking at me right face to face. It was weird. It was a little scary. I mean, it was like, Wow, I'm seeing exactly what Mark chapter 5 is all about. Uh, This entity is using a human being. They're gone. They're kind of like out of the way, and this entity, this demon is speaking through them, and they're, they're, they're cursing at me, and they're mocking God. And I, and I really didn't know because I didn't have any discipleship on the subject of authority, 
So it was just about, you know, hey, you know, I, I, you know, Jesus, I pray you deliver this. You know, I'm, I'm praying things. Once I learned, though, what that authority in Luke's Gospel 10 is all about and how Jesus did it, how he taught them to do it, how the disciples did it throughout the book of Acts, well, once we learned that, man, it's astounding. And so the reality is they're not only there, they're the reason for the fall of the human race. Uh, they're the reason why, you know, there's this inclusion of death, you know, and death is an abnormality. And Ephesians or Hebrews chapter 2 talks about how Satan had this power, you know, in, in, this, in, in keeping humanity in the fear of death. And, and Jesus comes to conquer him and to destroy his power. So on the one hand, I see how real the dark side is. I see the seductive abilities, the powers, and over the years, we've had hundreds of times now where demons, you know, spoke to us, threw people on the ground, made people throw up. Sometimes, in, you know, in the beginning, we were learning, and we had to learn quickly, and I would try to read every book on deliverance, every book on spiritual warfare, what the scriptures, and, and I still say it comes back down to the simplicity of scripture. Jesus said, I have given you authority, and that's in the perfect tense. I have given it to, it comes at the moment of salvation, it abides, it's right here. I have this authority given to me by Jesus to trample, that is to tread, to crush, to bring a crushing blow to the dark side, and to overcome all the power of the enemy, and nothing will harm me. So, in the experience of that, we've seen that when we stand our ground and we say, hey, silence, or I've, I've said it this way, shut up in the, name of, you know, in the name of Jesus. You will not throw that person to the ground. You will not harm. So I learned that with that authority given to us in Christ, um, we can command them and order them in his name. They hate his name. They hate the cross and what he did. They hate the mention of the blood of the lamb. Uh, the demons know, just like in Scripture, they know who he is, and they hate him, they fear him. That's why they go out screaming, just like in Scripture. Acts chapter 8, they went out screaming. How many times I've heard them go out screaming? And so after, after all these years, Sean, I, I, I mean, the reality of them, there's no question. In the city that I was growing up in, that I was a pastor of, uh, in churches and so forth, and doing a lot of ministry, was Akron, Ohio. And there's over 500 churches just in the city area alone. And we couldn't name one or two churches that actually did prayers to deliver people. And all of a sudden, everybody, over 50 churches in a two or three year period began to send us people that needed deliverance. And we were, we were, we were, I mean, we were glad to do the work, but we were, there were times we were tired. We, we, we were uh, overwhelmed with the numbers, even to this day. And part of the reason was a lot of folks weren't doing it, and that was only because of the lack. Like what I I was discipled on, you know, when I got saved, assurance of salvation and the power of the Spirit of God and how to come to church and give a tithe and 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 how to read your Bible. But there's a lot of things that you know we I'm glad to have known five things from the Bible, but there's another 15 things that we should know too. So that needs to be taught. And, and uh, so over the years, we've just done a lot of deliverances and a lot of uh, in encounters. And I've watched the superior power in, 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 in compassion and authority of Jesus decimate demonic presence. Literally, like Jesus said in the Greek, it says, ekbalo, you know, just get out. And they come out of people like, like a splinter, like a big thick splinter in skin. They, they come out and the person knows they've left. They know they're released from them, and then they want to turn to Jesus, and the power of the Holy Spirit comes in. And, Sean, I've got to see people get saved in that context. Their countenance change. 
the authority of Jesus. And whether in church or on the streets, I've never hidden it. Who's ever around is going to see it. When police officers and psychologists and teachers begin to bring us people with demons, I would make them come into the room. You know, I say, you come into the office too, because I'm not going to try to explain this later. You need to see, you know, this with your own eyeballs, and you'll never forget it. So over the years, uh, I've seen some pretty wide-eyed individuals. And of course, we would pray for their protection and command demons to not touch anyone and leave. And uh, that just, I mean, we've done that again and again and again. And when it came to satanic ritual abuse, it's a little more sophisticated because I believe they actually have come up with how to divide the will, how to create subparts, do programming, put demons in, transfer demons in. And uh, that becomes a little more, not that that can't be, you know, help, you know, they can, they, they can be delivered, they can be saved, they can be healed. But there is a complexity when it comes to the SRA because it's not just possession alone. Their wills have been split up. Their minds have been split up. They, there's actual mental programming, mind control programming, and then um, a long history of demonization. But the good news is Jesus can save them, deliver them, heal them, and bring them out of that darkness into his light. Can you, um, can you tell us more about... I mean, these, there's people actually calling on these demons, I, I mean the the whole the whole idea of Hollywood selling their souls and all that that's that's real stuff, and so I, I kind of like to you to spend you know ten minutes or so just kind of telling us you know are are the elites involved are government leaders involved are they you know there's this article up uh, I just saw it uh, says summer solstice. 2015 celebrated at Stonehenge by nearly 25,000 druids, Wiccans, hippies, punks. Sure. And tour- I mean, is is this stuff real? Are they actually calling on these things, and are are they gaining something on this earth by ha- being possessed by demons? I mean, what's going on here? Sure, and, and again, I'll say, no matter how many books, no matter how many uh, satanic individuals we've engaged, I mean, we've flown to different countries. We've been to the upside down, upside down mountain in France. We've been to Vadelsburg Castle, where rituals were held in Germany at uh, the Himmler Castle. We've been to a lot of ritual sites in, in, with law enforcement aspect. We have a we have an investigative team that we have. We don't say it a lot publicly, but I mean, more than ever, we talk about it. But but let me just say yes. If, if anybody wants to look at a, a one singular biblical, you know, revelation, that's Ezekiel chapter 8, where serpent, I mean, they were, they were satan, they were, they would have been loose, real Luciferian worshipers. I mean, they were, they were engaging, summoning demons. They were probably doing human sacrifice. Now, the good prophet Ezekiel didn't even know. He had no clue of it because the nature of the dark side, like 2 Thessalonians 2, is to stay stealth supernaturally stealth and hidden. And then physically they want to stay hidden. And so we read in Ezekiel chapter 8, they were underground. That's where they're all operating. Well, God got a hold, God knew, and God got a hold of Ezekiel and said, hey, I'm going to take you over here. I'm going to show you this. He was willing to go. And so, but God had to make a supernatural hole. He had to, you know, lead him in and open the doorway and get him in there to see what was actually going on. And God said, I'm going to show you things, abominations. I want to show you more abominations. And he literally took them all the way in to the actual perpetrators. Now, this is littered throughout the entire Old Testament. 
It involves the ancient Nephilim, the mm-hmm. deepest of darkest of rituals. You got Moloch, you got Semiramis going back further. You've got uh, Baal, you Baals, you got Shemosh, you got you got all these demon gods and goddesses of the Old Testament, and all these tribes. We have to remember with Israel, they had no secular tribes. They were all tribes of uh, historic generational demonic worshipers. Uh, and and sacrificers of humans, the king of Moab sacrificed his own son on the wall, so power would come down and and enable the Moabite soldiers to defeat Israel, and they did defeat Israel. So they weaponized the powers. They understood the war gods. They understood dedicating their children. So what I'm going to say right now, this comes from some pretty deep entrenchment with law enforcement over the years, a lot of investigative stuff, a lot of people that we've dealt with being taken to a lot of ritual sites, digging up bones and bringing them back and that kind of stuff. The rituals are absolutely real. Human sacrifice is uh, is uh, the number one way in which to bring over demons. Uh, animal sacrifice is used. But when we talk about Wiccans, Druids, Pagans, Santeria, the Saint of Death, uh, all around the world, the develop the the lighter what we'd say lighter rituals which open doors to the demons um, are going on by the millions, Sean, by the millions. And then when we deal with the underground, uh, like I did a thing at one of the conferences, they they keep asking me to come back, so I I go to the conferences, and I know they're the videotaping, then they put it out to the rest of the world, and and so I, I gave them my research. I believe in the last thirty years or so. 500 million blood ritual sacrifices have been done on a, on a global scale. Uh, I believe that those human sacrificial blood rituals have been done in every single city in the United States for the last 30 years. Now, that's, that's our research of over 30 years of um, the Ezekiel type of getting down there and, and God let us, letting us go see. We've turned state's evidence. You know, we can go do a lot of things, but I'm just going to say yes to your, answer, to your question. The rise of those who know how, I mean, 30 years ago, there's some. It seemed like you learned some. But in our investigative work, in our engagement with the underground, I'm saying, and I'm, I'm screaming it out to the body of Christ, and I'm saying that it's all part of how the end of days, there's no advance to the end of days, no advance to the satanic kingdom without the real powers. Just like we Christians, we can't advance the gospel without the power of the Holy Spirit, prayer, and so forth. They can't advance their side without the same thing. So just a few days ago, summer solstice was done. Stonehenge was one place. All around the world, the places like the, the so-called sacred sites, the ziggurat sites, Chechen Itza, wherever you want a Bohemian Grove coming up, everybody focuses on the July ritual, but they do, they do rituals all year long. And uh, that's a human sacrifice. So the overwhelming numbers of real human sacrifice and rituals are being done, not just in the United States, because we tracked it this way. Dealing with satanic ritual abuse always... We have to track the family because it's multi-generational now. Uh, we have eight-year-olds we got to deal with whose moms and dads are involved, whose grandparents are involved, whose great-grandparents were involved. That goes back to the unleashing of the Nazis 
the Lebensborn. I know that's good, that gets to do a lot, but it really has a lot to do with what was unleashed there that went worldwide and then began to rise and show itself. So I'm going to say, and, and we have tons of free MP3s and literatures and all that kind of stuff for people to see, but I believe what you've just mentioned is, um, is so huge and so broad and so wide that a lot of good Christians, like Ezekiel was a good prophet, because of the stealth nature of the dark side, uh, just don't know, that nobody knows. But if we're willing to look at the biblical presence nature, method, and agenda of the dark side. And the biblical revelation shows us that more demonic presence and more activity, which means more rituals and more summoning and more actual presence of demons, will be occurring in the end of days than ever in the history, the collective history of the world. That's the Bible. That's what it teaches us. We should, we should know this. Not that it out shines us. We have you know, greater superior presence within. We have authority. We have work to do. We have this incredible message. But the, the truth is, the, gospel, the, the dark side is, is in an unprecedented level. If, if, if 30 years ago, tens of thousands were doing rituals worldwide, now we have millions. If we have, for example, I'll just real quick, the stats. If, I, if, if, if the secular reports are correct in the United States that there are 10 million, that's secular reports, not mine. Secular reports, if they're true, 10 million victims over a 30-year pe period of uh, satanic ritual abuse. One satanic ritually abused person was birthed, well, actually selected and conceived in the context of rituals, was born and began to be put through rituals from childhood up. By the time they're 13, they've gone through at least, between the small ones and the big rituals, they've gone through a thousand rituals by the time they're 13. Now, if we dumb down the numbers and say, okay, not 10 million, can't be 10 million. How about just a million? So if one million victims, and they've all gone through not a thousand rituals, how about 500? Then we got the figure of 500 million. So I'm going to tell you that I believe, like solstice, druids and wiccans will do things publicly where it can be seen. But the, the real blood and guts Luciferian will stay underground. So what we see above ground, you know, times that by a hundred or a thousand. And that's what's happening behind the scenes, just like in Ezekiel chapter 8. It's huge. Yeah, wow. Um, hmm. Can you tell us, um, about, I'd like people to have a better understanding of, of the demonic spirits and, and what they are. Um, I've even heard some suggest that they're the, they're the fallen, uh, the, the, the spirits of the Nephilim. Sure. Uh, you know, you had the watchers come down, the Nephilim, and then they, the demons are the, the Nephilim spirits themselves. Um, so what do you think, is there any connection there that, you, that you're aware of uh, with, you know, we got the times of Noah, um, the end days where we're at right now, demons, Nephilim, that whole scenario. Do you think that that's all connected? Well, I sure do. I, I think that in, the more I think Christians get back to the scriptural, you know, revelation of this and the history of it, um, we've been very, very deeply engaged on the Nephilim issue. Nephilim coming out of the uh, terminology in Genesis 6, where the Benai Elohim uh, came down and engaged the women, and they had uh, offspring. They were hybrids. Right. They were fallen, you know, demonic human mixes. 
Um, and, and, and the scripture gives some pictures of the giants. They, they were there on the earth then, then again later, Numbers 13 and so forth. So the Zamzumis and the Imiums and the Anakites and, you know. Right. So you have, this, you have this big picture in the Old Testament that's been really missed. I mean, I went to three different Bible schools mm-hmm. and I never scratched the surface of the subject. Yeah. And, and it's sad because um, the occult world understands this and the agenda for this, there's nothing in scripture that says, well, they're not going to try it again. Right. I believe biblical prophecy may point to a, a an at least a, an attempt, if not a direct uh, incursion of them. I'll, I'll give you that if you want that in a moment. But um, Jack Parsons, rocket scientist, American rocket scientist, uh, considered a brilliant man, he did a Babylon working in the Mojave Desert called the Babylon working where they were doing a actual ritual that involved uh, uh, a man and a woman uh, summoning the whore of Babylon, as they called it, uh, to try to create a hybrid. They were trying to create a Nephilim. Uh, Aleister Crowley and the Crowleyites worldwide know about this. Um, the satanic ritual abuse subject, uh, it, it, the terminology, Sean, for satanic ritual abuse is not correct. It should be master race. It should be Lebensborn. Because when Himmler and Hitler had the idea spiritually given to them to, to backbreed Germans who can prove Aryan descent, so they would get these Germans, they could somehow prove they had some level of Aryan descent. They wanted to breed them, spiritually, selectively breed them so they can create an offspring that would have even more of the Aryan blood. You heard about the pure blood. This is real history. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the reason for the master race was to have a military global presence that could enforce a 1,000-year Reich uh, of the Nazis. So they created a secret birthing camps called Lebensborn's life source all over Germany. Some say up to 900,000 babies were born prior to the very end of the war. Well, what we don't really understand, and the secular historians writing the books on Nazism didn't understand the occult nature of it all, what they didn't understand, the Aryan that they were referring to was more like the Helena Blavatsky uh, version. What they were really talking about was the Nephilim. They wanted to backbreed to the, what they called it, not us, they called it the God-men. So they wanted to have a hybrid, they believed that humanity should be this, high, they were spiritually guided to think that it would be a good thing to have these hybrid God-men, master race, by the by, the hundreds of thousands to help, uh, and that's the whole goal was to help them uh, be the troops um, that could in, bring about and enforce a one thousand year global Reich. I believe that same spirit, you know, Satan and the you know the spirit of Antichrist it, it began to uh, unveil then, and then after that Nazi war, of course, them being defeated physically, it went worldwide. Wherever the Nazi rat lines went worldwide, 30 years later, these SRAs, they're called chosen ones. They don't call them SRAs. Publicly, you know, psychologists and and the public calls it that. They call them, the ones that are breeding them, the ones that are creating them, they call them chosen ones. Now, I've dealt with chosen ones for years and years and years in deliverances and deep deliverances. They've described the rituals. They have... They talk about Nephilim blood. They talk about altering DNA and that their goal was to backbreed to become the godmen, the superior beings. Mm-hmm. And so they were after it. Jack Parsons were after it. Um, I even believe the transhumanists are after it because Ray Kurzweil and all the geneticists and so forth in New York when I was there, they talked about 
the uh, the 2045 initiative and that science and geneticists and so forth are going to bring about immortality and then on the same stage Dmitry Itzkov, the Russian billionaire, brings on a Russian cosmist and gurus who put up pictures of the Great White Brotherhood, the entities in the sky, and, and they declare to the audience, among all of these super high-tech individuals, that the ancient gods want to lead the scientists in recreating the godmen on Earth. I was blown away. Yeah. The, world's, the world's top scientists. And so they unleashed what I, you know, and, and so when we read Ephesians chapter 6, we read in the English that our warfare is not against flesh and blood, but against the principalities and powers. Well, the Greek words are they, are, they are species of the demons, the fallen. They're called cosmocrater, archais, uh, or archon, uh, exousia, porneus, numenikai, and in 1 Timothy 1, they're called planos. Now, if you remember, Jesus one time talking to the disciples in the gospel said, uh, this type only comes out by prayer and fasting. Now, the word type, again, if we can study it, it means species. They're all the demonic, but they're species of them. They're, they're, the, the cosmocrater is not the same as the archon. The archon is not the same as, so you have the alienologists, the ufologists, they're all into the greys and the orions. They, those are all part of the species of the fallen ones. Uh, showing themselves. Notice again in Ephesians 6, the Bible shows that Cosmocrators, Archon, the Exousia, where do these entities run? Where are they? They're in the Epihuronos. They're in the, they're in the spiritual heavenlies right above our head, you know, right above our head. And so they're operative. And so there's this big picture scripture gives of who they are, breaking down who and what they are, showing the method and the agenda. And I believe, as you brought up the question, that and from all that we've seen in many different directions, there is a spiritual drive to either backbreed to or recreate and put back on the field Nephilim. Yeah, and you no, know, none of this should surprise any of us. I mean, Jesus flat out said it'd be like the times of Noah, and uh, I realize he goes on to say, you know, people will be eating and drinking and all that. Uh, but I think that when he says, you know, it'd be like the times of Noah, it's kind of a loaded statement. And we, this, the Western church at least, has completely lost the times of Noah. I mean, I, I don't know 10 Christians that I know per, like personally that actually have any clue about Genesis 6 or the book of Enoch or any of that stuff, any of that background. Um, and you see the genetically modified everything. Um, it, it's very clear. I mean, and here's what's really sad to me, Russ, is th at the end, if you, if it seems like when I've studied this, what they're trying to achieve, the human beings anyway, when they get themselves wrapped up in this stuff, is they're trying to achieve immortality or like a, a you know, like to be God men. But what they're trying to achieve through all this wickedness, Jesus offers them for free. You know what I mean? Amen. But I find that so sad that they're they're doing all these horrible things to try to be immortal when Jesus is giving them eternal life if they would just repent and believe. <laughs> Sean, you're you know that's the, you're right on target. It, this whole development is a counterfeit to the coming glorification. Who are the real immortals? 
You know, we read it in 2 Corinthians 15 that the mortal shall put on immortality. In the instant, in the twinkling of an eye, you know, this flash, you know, you and I who are saved, redeemed, we are the coming new race. We are the immortals to come. Only the immortal God has the power to give immortality, and that comes in and through Jesus to us. So what we see out there, and you can ask any woman this, ask any woman anywhere, do you want a $5 cubic zirconium ring or do you want a $5,000 diamond? Your choice. What do they want? <laughs> they want They want the diamond. They want the real thing. So the world is being given uh, from finite fallen beings, given a promise of immortality, uh, godlikeness, like in Genesis 3. The finite fallen cherub can't produce it. We didn't evolve to become gods you know, in Genesis 3. We devolved and, and lost what we once were, yes. and only in redemption. We're not only brought back, we're brought beyond what we want originally were. We're brought beyond even the, the Adamic nature. We're, we're going to be the immortals, the glorified, to be like Christ. Um, he, I mean, he is God alone, but, but this, this is an incredible, salvation is the most, I mean, this is the physics of God. Yeah. Um, this is beyond the hope of transhumanism or the dirty counterfeit uh, of the real Luciferian. They can't produce uh, because they're not. I mean, the, the physics of it, the, the math. Uh, Satan didn't do the math. He's never been an immortal being. He can't evolve and become God. God never had to evolve. He, he's always been. He's Yahweh, the self-existent, uh, always existent one with no beginning and no end. And that's that, that there's God and there's one God alone. And alone, he gives what you just said, yeah. uh, the immortality, the gift. Yep. Yeah. And, uh, you know, even, you know, some of these people that are hungry for power. And I'm like, well, Christ is going to let you rule and reign with him in the greatest kingdom that will ever exist. It's like, come on. I, I guess I just, I'm just baffled by that, that they go through all this trouble, pain, and, and wickedness to achieve something that they could get by simply getting on their knees and uh, bowing you know, and repenting and, and just you know, putting faith in Christ. Um, I think the last thing I'd like to have you address, because I think this is something that people struggle with a lot, and uh, even in my personal history, um, I've struggled with it in the past. Uh, I want you, I, was, I was curious if you have any background on the whole sexual agenda, uh, because what I see in our culture, Russ, is just a deep sexual immorality. Uh, just especially in the last five to ten years, it's just exploded. I, f- I feel like it's demonic in nature, and I'm just curious as to what. What what do you what do you know about this and and how it relates to this conversation? Well, two things. It's prophesied. I mean, the dark side understands in rituals. That's why there's. I mean, anybody can look at the satanic ritual abuse calendar. Notice how many times sex ritual, sex ritual, or blood ritual, sex ritual, blood ritual. Every SRA worldwide has been through numerous sexual rituals, the transference of demons through sexual rituals, and the goal to alter during sexual ritual transference. But I believe, too, again, 2 Thessalonians 2 is a great, powerful, panoramic, prophetic view of uh, before you know the parousia, the coming of Christ. That will not occur until what? The apocalypse anthroposonomos, the unveiling, the unveiling of the man of lawlessness and the rebellion. And then it, look at the context. Satan will be at work doing all kinds of counterfeit signs, wonders, and miracles. And we usually stop there where the scripture goes on. 
It pro the prophecy concerning the end times of Satan ramping up counterfeit signs, wonders, and miracles, all the supernaturalism. And then he goes on to say, and in every sort of evil that deceives those who are perishing. Now that word evil has a, uh, a dirty uh, concept, connotation to it, the idea of sexual sin. Look in the book of Revelation in the very last seven years, probably, you know, if you're looking through the third, fourth uh, year into the tribulation time, you have God stepping in to call the world to repentance. A number of times in the middle of the judgments even, there's a call to repentance. And here's what it says in three cases. They would not repent, and it associates demon worship, uh, sexual decadence, and pharmacia, drugs, it puts those three elements as part of the addictive, binding uh, powers that will hold maybe billions in their lost state, lead, you, know, you know, captivating them. So what we see in the future is rising on a global scale. Sexual decadence uh, is out of control. You know, we, we could say in the 60s, the sexual revolution, all kind of junk uh, came about. And then, you know, people arguing a bit, you know, all the whole thing about homosexuality. Well, it's not just homosexuality. Uh, se sex outside of marriage, sex in marriage, uh, sex with minors, uh, human trafficking, sex pedophilia is off the charts, sexual predators are off the charts, the homosexual issue is off the charts, and the necromantic ritual book, necrophilia, bestiality. Um, robotic sex, um, AI, artificial intelligence sex, and then incubus, succubus, sex with demons, sleep paralysis. It's, it's now, and people don't want to talk about, you know, they, the, the psychs have called it sleep paralysis. Mm -hmm. It's really dark, demonic um, visitation. We've done a lot of deliverances there with individuals. And here's two factors we've learned over about 20 years. The reason for those visitations in the middle of the night to press people down and paralyze them and engage them, the reason to make them so paralyzed is so they can eventually get to them sexually hmm. and or help pull them out of their bodies. So the ultimate end is there's a the, 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 the demonic side knows there's a level of, of sexual, where there's sexual energy, there is the ability to grip and maybe even the big doorway to possess and to um, to bring a person into a deep addiction. Hey, um, uh, real quick, Russ, uh, the sleep paralysis. Sure. Um, I actually struggled with that for years. Um, I know I haven't had that problem in a in probably a year, but I'll give you some just some examples um, because I I know there's people that are struggling with this and they think that they're just having some weird biological phenomenon and it's, you know, they don't understand what's actually happening. So I just kind of wanted to explain what happened to me and then maybe you can interject uh, your thoughts. Sure. Uh, but there'd be many times when it basically, it, it, you would, you would know that you're asleep, but you're awake and you can't move. And there'd be times I'd be trying to even speak, and I'd almost be slobbering on myself, trying to move, you know what I mean? Trying to say something, mm -hmm. trying to rebuke, uh, or whatever it is. And it took me a long time to really figure out what was going on. And it wouldn't just happen at night. I would take a nap sometimes in, you know, on a Saturday afternoon on the couch, middle of the day, and this would happen. Mm -hmm. And it's the most frightening thing. 
but when I started realizing what it was, and I could start calling on the name of Jesus in my mind, it, it started happening less and less and less. And then I got to the point over the last year where, you know, I'd really, when I started really becoming aware of of the presence of demonic spirits and those things happening, I started, you know, pleading the blood of Jesus over the house and, and just praying before bed and, and all of these things. And I haven't had that problem since. And neither has my mother who also suffered from it until I told her what it was. So anyway, I just wanted to throw that in there that I, I know that that's true because I've personally experienced it for years, but it, it wasn't until, you know, probably a year ago that I actually understood what it was. And there lies the importance of knowing what's going on, because if you don't know what that is, you'll just continue to suffer from it because you just think it's something that just happens. You know, exactly. And, and here's and I've read books. On, I, I like to read, you know, I, I listen to what others are saying. And so the psychs are saying to people, well, it's your chemical system playing tricks on you mm-hmm. and it makes you think there's somebody there. So here's what they're really saying. Somehow inside are some evil chemicals. They all get together, conspire, and they have a meeting to say, hey, let's make the person think there's a, an entity enters the room, presses them down, creates fear, and let's just really bug them. And then, so then we'll, they'll give you drugs to make you not feel that. So uh, I look at this craziness out there uh, when the truth is, like you said, when you began, and I've heard this story again and again, where they felt, you know, Christians felt a little paralyzed. Mm-hmm. Um, they, they began in their head, even though they couldn't open their mouth at first. They began, you know, Jesus, help me. Jesus, deliver me. Jesus. Mm-hmm. That happened to me one time. A month after I got saved, that happened to me once. And I didn't know, I didn't know my authority yet. And so all I did was cry out, Jesus, help me. Jesus, help me. And I remember I fell asleep, woke up the next morning, peace like a river. It was, it was gone. So Jesus does help us. Mm-hmm. But I'm telling you, Sean, what you're saying right there is now been experienced worldwide by millions. Mm-hmm. And it's a phenomenon. And, and and again, many don't know what to do. And you have now actresses and others saying, well, yes, I have sex with you know these entities, these, mm-hmm. these beautiful beings that come to me. So you have a lot of them. And again, every SRA, millions of them worldwide have that, have had that. So there is a driving goal of the dark side. And so I always tell believers when it comes to this, if they have anybody they know that it's happening to, two things. One, yeah, Jesus, his authority, command them, renounce any doorways you opened. You know, but I would say that Jesus is the answer to, for the deliverance, but let's also find out what the doorway is. Mm-hmm. Because the doorway may have nothing to do with you. It could be generational. It could be somebody did a ritual in your home you moved into, and then the demons are still there. It could be somebody summing and sending a demon uh, you could have opened up to some tarot card thing and you didn't realize you opened a door. So I always say pray that the Spirit of God will give you insight. But there's this whole new growing field of ritual summoning of demons and sending them and astral projection that I think hmm. is involved in some of these visitations on a sexual side because astral projection is deeply entrenched in what they call psychic sex. It's really sex with demons and, um, and addictions to it. Wow. Well, and you know, in my case, it, you know, it followed me for years from residence to residence. Um, so whatever it was, it, it must've been something, it was probably likely something that I was opening and not aware of it. Uh, like I said, in the past, I struggled with sexual immorality, you know, addictions to pornography and stuff like that. And folks, trust me, it doesn't, I'm not real happy to say that for thousands of people to hear, uh, but it's the truth and people need to understand what they're getting into and the dangers that come along with this stuff. 
Um, and like I said, I haven't had that problem in a, in a very long time. Um, I guess the, you know, to kind of wrap things up, what can, you know, what can people do to protect themselves from these things happening? What, you know, the people who are having night terrors, uh, of, of demon attacks, of people who are having sleep paralysis, like I used to have, um, you know, I, I personally, you know, I pray over my home and over my family and I plead the blood of Jesus over this house. And I ask God to guard my family's hearts and minds and spirits and bodies as we sleep and, and all of those things, you know, I come to God before bed every night and do that. Uh, is, is that what you would suggest or do you have some, uh, better insight no i think that i think that's exactly right and again many people don't know what to do sean they there's many that have abs i mean that's why they're going to psychs and counselors and they don't want to mention it to their pastor because they know it means something sexual and here let's let me just again cat out of the bag is the fact like i had a history professor that uh sat in front of me saying how much he'd been engaged with sex with demons hmm. and he's and they were trying to tell me how wonderful it was um, but how absolutely, you know, possessed he became. And we had some major deliverances that we had to go through with him. I mean, some really, you know, almost like pulling teeth type of, uh, you know, really having to deal with him because he was willingly, you know, willingly engaged. So what you're doing is absolutely right because, Sean, you're, you know, clearly aware. I have a thing that I've done at conferences. We have it on our website free. Um, there, we call it the five A's. Um, the, the, the biblical A's are being aware. Paul says we're not unaware of the devil's schemes. You know, we're not ignorant of the schemes. So the idea of awareness, biblically awareness, what's going on in the world, you know, that we need to be aware. Secondly is the word uh, alert. That's given in Colossians 4.2. That's given in 1 Peter 5.8 in the context of the enemy. Uh, we're to be alert. The Greek word is gregoruo, meaning we're to be spiritually vigilant, um, you know, discerning the enemy's tactics and his dangers and making sure, you know, that we don't allow him to do anything. Thirdly, we should all as believers appropriate the authority. People come to me and think, wow, you, you're an exorcist. No, I'm not. I'm, I'm a Christian, a soul winner, and I have the authority to deal with demons anywhere we see them, and I know that. And if you know that, you'll be. I, we've got 18-year-old kids that we trained in evangelism and, and had them appropriate in prayer authority. They could do it. Um, you would add team members. And when I know I could just command the demon out, I'd turn to them and say, you do it. So that they, they get the experience of it. So the authority of Christ given to all believers, we're all commanded, the fourth A is um, armor of God, that we're all commanded in Ephesians 6 to put it on and leave it on. It's to be put on permanently, which means that we'll be able to be in the manifest presence and strength of God and make our stand. The fifth A is just the biblical concept of we're to be out and active. Faith is, uh, is active. And we're to be you know, in, involved in our worship, in our prayer, in evangelism, and in exposing evil deeds of darkness, Ephesians 5. So action is a big part. You know, if we have all of this wonderful salvation and, uh, and grace and mercy and authority and our own freedom, but we don't share it and we don't do anything with anybody else, uh, we, we're really derelict in our, in our, in our walk. So um, those five A's, biblically given, and I, we have them on our website, absolutely 100% free. Anybody can get the, you know, we have MP3s on it. Awareness, alert, authority, armor, action. 
uh, you're doing that. That's that's the right thing to do. So I would say to any believer, Lord, you know, Lord, just pray, Lord, why is this happening? Where's it coming from? Did I do anything? So that you can, re- you know, close any doors. Look at Ephesians four. Um, be angry, but don't sin. Don't let the sun go down your anger and give the devil a foothold. So we're commanded, don't give the devil a topon, a legal right. Uh, a way, a foothold, a doorway to hang, you know, to, to come in and begin to bring some harassment. So even believers, not possession for believers, but harassment. So don't allow that to occur. So I want to first pray, Lord, what did I do to open any doors? And then, I, but I'm going to say this, Sean, many times it's not believers. It's what other people are doing or have done. They've opened doors that affects us. It's like if a drunk driver gets on the road, we didn't, I didn't do anything wrong. The drunk driver did. Um, we have to watch out for the drunk driver. So in the world that we're living in now, people are doing rituals. They're summoning demons. You have this whole thing on the internet, summoning, you know, Charlie, Charlie demons, all the ghost hunters, engaging spirits then realizing the spirits are coming home and engaging them in the middle of the night, that they're not just little girls, little boy, dead spirits. They're demons following them back because they opened up a door of curiosity and willingness. Uh, we, we've got to recognize what that side is, how wide and broad the ramping up is, and then we need to know, as you do, the authority, the power, the protection of Jesus and, uh, and our, our, our life in him and the mission that, that we've been given uh, until the end, to the end of days. Right, right. And I'd recommend people clean their houses. And I mean, I mean that literally, as in get out anything that, you, that a demon might be attached to. Uh, but also, you know, kind of like Jesus was talking, you know, cleaning out your house and, uh, you know, he makes that little statement, you know, you, you clean your house and they go, the demons leave and they come back with seven more and more wicked than themselves. And I would suggest filling yourself up with, uh, with God and, and, uh, receiving the filling of the spirit of God. Um, does that make sense? One, yeah, you, that, you preach on, man. That's exactly it. You mean just to be filled with God, be filled with the Spirit of God, to to walk with God, and 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 then to use what we're given, though. In the con, like, I, you, nobody's going to get saved unless I. I mean, I need to witness to them. Uh, right. No answer to prayer is going to come unless I pray. Uh, you know, no joy and peace like a river is going to come unless I get in there and worship the Lord, and I'm worshiping. Right. So that's where the action comes in. And, and so if I, with authority, I learned, not only can I you know, pray and command a demon out of a person, but I realize with me, when I feel the enemy's oppression coming or the enemy trying to bring attack, mm-hmm. I can stand there in the name of the Lord Jesus, I can get out of here. I call it clearing the air mm-hmm. around me. And instead of letting oppression and the enemy throw fiery arrow, you know, those darts that we read about in Ephesians 6, the, those involuntary communications, those lies... Uh, instead of allowing that to happen for six, seven, eight, nine, ten days, hey, stop. If you recognize it, right? James says, resist the devil who flee from you. But with that authority, in the name of Jesus, I rebuke anything the enemy's doing against me. I command everything you're trying to do, stop right now. I renounce any lie you're trying to send to me, Lord Jesus. Uh, I, I yield myself to you. And watch the spiritual error completely change. The, the idea of the atmosphere, the, the sense of that oppression, leave you quickly. Right, right, um, yeah, you know, and and it's it's my prayer that people hear this episode and they just become more aware, uh, because like you said, you know, when you're aware of it, you can start to rebuke it, 
Um, but if you're not aware that these things are going on, you're, you know, you don't understand why you're having these thoughts or why, you know, you're having sleep paralysis or why you're having these dreams or, you know, all of these things. If, if you, people are just be aware of the spiritual battle that they're in, then they can start armoring up, you know, they can start putting on the full armor of God and, uh, hopefully getting free of this, uh, Russ, uh, just to end it, um, could you tell people, you know, how to get in touch with you if if they're having these problems, if they've been victims of satanic ritual abuse? Uh, where can they learn more about you and the work that you do and uh, getting free from this stuff? Sure. The website, and that's the number one place it has contact uh, both email wise and, and uh, snail mail. Uh, the website shatterthedarkness.net. Shatterthedarkness.net. That's the primary one. We have numerous websites connected. Uh, the uh, free training courses, if you look to the right, click on all that we taught locally, which is like Bible school level, college Bible school level training courses. We put it all up there free, hundreds of hours on all this concept of spiritual warfare, what we've talked about today and more. It's all free, uh, downloaded all over the world, uh, over over 16 million downloads in 150 nations over the last five, six years. So it's free. If you can't go to Bible school, I'm telling you, if I was going to be teaching at a Bible school, it's the same stuff I would teach there. So it's all free for you. And um, you know, go through the website slowly. It's a big old messy website, but just take your time. Shatterthedarkness.net, it has everything about us, everything what we do, all that we offer. Um, that's the place to go. All right. Awesome. Awesome. Russ, thank you so much for making time and and just uh, filling us in on this information. It's been very helpful, and I'm sure that there's going to be hundreds of people, if not thousands, that listen to this and, and are blessed by it. So God bless you, brother. Thanks so much. Thanks so much, John. Blessed to you. All right. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. All right, guys. I hope you enjoyed that interview. I hope it was a blessing to you, and uh, I, I just really hope it impacted you and those who might be suffering from some of this stuff uh, hopefully it gave you some idea of what's going on and uh, and uh, what to do that's my hope uh, for this particular episode hey just a quick reminder uh, truthfed.com it's where you want to be uh, to find all kinds of videos and podcasts and uh, just information related to the end times conversation um, and these topics and uh, also uh, please remember that TruthFed is 100% listener supported uh, so if you're interested in supporting the mission of truth there's a couple ways you can do that if you go to truthfed.com you can click the help support the mission tab at the very top uh, which will give you two options you can subscribe become a Patreon and you can subscribe at any amount that you want and cancel at any time and those subscriptions just go to help provide for the for the cause uh, there's also if you're one of those people who just wants to make a one time donation you can do that by clicking the donate button uh, at the bottom and your support is much needed uh, much uh, appreciated that's how we uh, that's how we upgrade the equipment and improve the broadcast and pay for the hosting and all of those things. Uh, so thank you so much to those of you who do contribute and help. And uh, I hope you have a blessed weekend. And uh, hopefully next week we'll be back with some more uh, interesting topics uh, to help uh, help you understand the signs or help you understand the times and uh, hopefully lead you closer to the Lord Jesus Christ. Peace and grace be with all of you. God bless. <laughs>